James chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 2. These are scriptures that you should be familiar with, but I had something on my heart. And we're going to do a little bit more of this uh, from time to time. We're going to have more testimonies and kind of ease our way into some things and work our way into having some believers meetings like we were talking about last Wednesday or last uh, Sunday night, if you were with us, you may recall. Um, there are some things that, um, that I believe the Lord has for us. And um, like I said, I think it might be the wisdom to, to ease herself toward some of them rather than just try to jump in the deep end and see who drowns. James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man, talking about the uh, double-minded man, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all. Everybody say all. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Notice he didn't say if you're double-minded in one area, you'll be unstable in that area. He said a double-minded man is unstable in everything. He's unstable in all of his ways. The Lord dealt with me, um, oh, I don't know, it's been uh, maybe a year ago, something like that. I was, um, uh, well, to be perfectly honest with you, I was sitting in a movie theater. And uh, there was um, some previews coming on. The movie that I was going to see hadn't come on yet. And, and the previews were, were on. And, and, uh, and I was by myself. And so I was just uh, um, worshiping the Lord, speaking in tongues. I've been speaking in tongues all day long. And um, just actually, I was killing time. The rest of my family was off doing something. So I was just killing time. And uh, at the movie, I mean. And... Um, uh, so I'd just been praying in tongues, speaking in other tongues for the, for the most all day long. And um, I was sitting in this movie theater, and all of a sudden it just came on me. There was this overwhelming uh, sense. I, I don't really want to call it a feeling because it was more than just emotions. But there was an overwhelming sense that came upon me. And I started thanking God for the privilege of believing him for healing. Now, that's not an uncommon occurrence. I mean, I'm thanking God for healing every day. Um, there are, there's never a day that goes by that I don't start with confessing that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and with his stripes I'm healed. There's never a day that goes by that I don't start before I ever get out of bed, that I don't start off with saying that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law and make mention that sickness is a part of the curse of the law, and so forth. It's, um, it's just a way of life. Uh, somebody asked Lester Summerall one time, I thought this was good. Somebody asked Lester Summerall one time, when do you pray? And he said, whenever I'm not preaching. I like that. And I've, I, I try to emulate that. I'm not sure I'm exactly there, but I'm pretty close. I'm closing in on it. Because it's, uh, it's, just, it's just a way of life. It's just the, the way that I've chosen to live. It's... Uh, I'm kind of an introverted uh, type of personality anyway. And so I would rather be by myself pretty much than, than in most situations, most cases, than with somebody else. And the reason for that is because I have more opportunity to pray and talk to God. So I'm talking to God all day long. But the, in, in this one instance, and, and I've made sure that it happens, uh, I've initiated it many times since then. But in this one instance, there was just an overwhelming sense of gratitude 
to thank God for the privilege of counting it joy. Now, many of you know my situation. For about the last five years, not quite, but almost five years, uh, I've had this tremor and uh, whatever it is coming on, uh, come on me, and it came on suddenly. It hasn't increased. It hasn't changed. It hasn't um, gotten better. hasn't gotten worse. It just came suddenly, just as fast as you snap your fingers, and it's remained for all that period of time, almost five years to this date. Uh, gone to the doctor about it, tried to find out what was going on. Uh, I, I asked the Lord, uh, as soon as it happened, I said, Lord, what is this? And he told me. But since then, I've been to the doctor, numerous doctors, several different types of doctors, tried to get them to, to give me a diagnosis of what it is. And the nearest thing that they can come up with is they said, well, we think it's Parkinson's. Well, what do you do if it's Parkinson's? Well, there's not much we can do if it's Parkinson's. We could give you this kind of uh, medication and it would... Uh, the side effects are that it would kind of put you in a stupor and decrease the symptoms and, and that kind of stuff. Well, I don't care if my hand stops shaking if I can't function and, and have enough wits about me to know what's going on in my life, you know. So how does that help? So bottom line is, outside of some exploratory surgery that, uh, that nobody really has much confidence in, there's nothing that they can do, at least according to the ones that I've talked to. And uh, let's see, the four, five, six different doctors I've talked to. Um, so I've been standing in faith and believing God for a long time, what, what seems to me to be a long time at least, where, uh, where my healing is concerned. But all of a sudden, I mean all of a sudden, and it, it, I don't know if the, the atmosphere helped because it was dark in the theater or whatever the case was, but there was this overwhelming sense of gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to count this joy. And man, I just did. I, I wasn't able to be loud about it because of the people around me. And, uh, and that type of thing. But I just started thanking God. And ever since then, it has taken on a new meaning to me to count it joy, to count it a privilege to experience God's healing power. Now, you, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I haven't felt God's healing power yet. We're talking about experiencing God's healing power by faith because the Word says it's true. I haven't felt it in reality in physical reality, in physical form, yet in this situation. But there was something else that happened about um, six weeks ago, maybe. Five, six weeks ago, I guess. And that was, um, uh, and I shared this once before, but I haven't said too much about it. But it was something that really, really made a, an impact on me. Because if you stand in faith for something for a long time, the devil will tell you there's something wrong with you, and that's why it's not working. And so one of the main areas of attack that he'll bring against you is trying to tell you that your faith's not working and the reason it's taking this long is because there's something wrong with you, there's something blocking your faith or whatever the case might be. There's any number of things that, uh, in, in that direction that he'll come and bring against you. At least he has me. And, uh, and, and in many cases, I don't have anything to counteract it. I, I just have the word to answer back. The Bible says the word's true. If there was something wrong with this, God would tell me. The Holy Ghost would witness to my heart. He hadn't. So there's nothing in, in the way. But about six weeks ago, I went to a, a lunch meeting with somebody here in the church. And it was a local restaurant. And, man, I got food poisoning. I got food poisoning worse than I've ever had in my life. And it hit me suddenly. It hit me within 30 minutes of getting uh, out of that restaurant. And I was down for four or five days just out of it. And uh, I had never thrown up so violently in my life, so many times in my life. I'd never been affected um, you know, I, I've eaten bad things before and, and it takes a little bit of time to work through your system, but nothing like this. I mean, it was just awful. 
Worst thing I'd ever experienced. If it gets worse than this, I don't want to know. You know, uh, it's uh, it's one of those things. Brother Hagin used to talk about uh, being in situations where you felt like you had to die to get better. I felt that way. And right at the tail end of that, I was moving around in, in the house and and kind of uh, getting my strength back and that type of thing. And Beth had carried some laundry from the laundry room to. I guess upstairs, somewhere else. Anyway, there was something that had dropped from the pile of stuff that she pulled out of the dryer. And so there was a sock on the floor or whatever it was. And I, I bent down to, to pick it up. And when I, I didn't do anything unusual. I just bent down to pick it up. And when I straightened back up, something had happened in my hip. Now, one thing that I've known but became so much real, more real to me in this experience is the devil always finds out when you waits till you're at your weakest point and then he attacks you. Very rarely will the devil come when you're at your strongest and say, well, let's see what you've got. But he will come when you're at your weakest, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, and then he'll try to pour it on. Because that's the point in time where most people will give up. The word's not any different when you feel strong or when you feel weak. But so many times people are more apt or liable, willing to give up because of the way they feel, the weakness that they feel in themselves or in their flesh or whatever, than when they feel strong or have a sense of strength. So when I, bent, when I straightened back up, I couldn't put any weight on my hip. I had a shooting pain like very little else I've ever experienced before. And I started to crumble to the floor because I didn't have but one leg to stand on. So I grabbed the wall, uh, the door frame right there where I was standing. So I'm standing there and I'm trying to do some things, you know, trying to work, loosen something up, do whatever I can do. And I said to my, I said within myself, my goodness, what in the world is this? And got no answer. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't have heard an answer if I'd gotten one because I was in so much pain. So I had the notion. I just had the idea. It wasn't anything that the Lord told me to do. I just had the idea. I need to get upstairs. Well, upstairs on one leg is kind of tough. So I grabbed the, worked myself over to the, to where the, the steps were and grabbed the, the railing and, and tried to use it kind of like a crutch and hopped up one stair and after the other. And finally, after a lot of effort, worked my way up to the, uh, into the bedroom where the master bathroom is. Now, my idea was, and I don't know why I thought about it like this, but my idea was we've got a raised tub. If I could get my leg up on that tub, then I could do whatever I need to do to find out what's going on and get some help. There's a counter right there that I can lean on. Somehow or another, I felt like that would be to my advantage. I got to the tub and could not get my leg up. Just couldn't do it. I could not lift my leg. I had no, no um, control over my right leg. In, in that sense, I could move my knee, but I couldn't move my hip. And so I reached down and I grabbed it, and it felt just like dead wood and picked it up and, and set it up on, the, on this... Uh, uh, raised tub like that and now I'm leaning on the, the counter and I've got my leg on the tub and I thought well okay I tried to get upstairs now what am I going to do and I just called out to the Lord I said Lord I need your help and I need it now I don't need this thing to get better I need a miracle so I ask you in Jesus name because Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses I ask you in Jesus name for instant healing and I need it right now well, I said, amen, that was it. Now, folks, you've got to realize, I felt nothing but pain. I didn't feel any sense of faith. I didn't feel any closeness to God. I didn't have that overwhelming sense of gratitude to count it all joy. 
I didn't have anything that I was aware of except pain. But within five seconds of having said to the Lord, Amen, or however I ended that thing up, the pain left. And it happened so suddenly I didn't trust it. I let my leg down back to the floor and kind of tested it a little bit, you know, kind of walked around the room holding on to stuff to see if there's anything. And after, after a few seconds of this, moving from one place to another, I realized, hey, I just had a miracle. Now, it, it struck me so funny. I was in the house by myself, but it struck me so funny. Here it was. I prayed for a miracle and got one and didn't trust it. But it's, uh, it's been something that the Lord has really used as an encouragement to me. Turn with me over to, uh, to Luke chapter 11. Let me show you something. Luke chapter 11. These are verses of scripture that used to bother me because of what I didn't understand about faith. And I think there are a lot of people that don't understand things about faith and as a result are hindered. Starting in verse 1, I want to just give the context. We won't read it through all these verses of scripture. But here's the context. It came to pass that he was praying. Jesus was praying in a certain place when he was ceased or his prayers were ended. One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus gives them what the church calls the Lord's Prayer. It wasn't really the Lord's Prayer. It was the disciples' prayer. And then he said to them in verse 5, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity... Now, this word importunity means persistence. It's talking about a persistence of faith. Because of his importunity or his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needeth, or as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For to every one that asketh seeketh, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, here's the dilemma. The dilemma is in verses 9 and 10. Really, verse 9. Because... The idea of faith is that you ask one time and from that point forward you start thanking God for whatever you ask for. You believe you receive it and you thank him for the answer. But that's not what verse 9 says. Verse 9 literally is translated ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. For to him that asketh continually it shall be given. To him that seeketh continually, it shall be found. And to him that knocketh it continually, it shall be opened unto him. That's what it means. Well, how does that jive with faith? How does that jive with what we talk about and teach about concerning the prayer of faith? I didn't have an answer. And so for a long time, I mean for years, I first saw this in Bible school and it was a problem that I had and it was one of those things that nagged at me because unless you get the answer to your question, the devil will use that lack of knowledge to try to make you double-minded. So it was one of those things that for years I just had to put on the shelf. I, just, I didn't know what it meant. And I had the devil. He would come to me and say, well, you better pray again. Well, I'm not going to pray again. The prayer of faith prays one time and thanks God for the answer from that point. Yeah, but the Bible says ask and keep on asking. Well, I didn't have an answer. I did not have an answer. I didn't have anything to, to, uh, to respond to. Him. And so it was a hole in my faith, if you know what I mean by that. It didn't keep my faith from working entirely, but it was a question that I needed an answer for. Well, 
some years later, I got an answer. And where it's talking about asking, keep on asking, Jesus is talking about a prayer life. In other words, he's saying, don't wait till you get the answer to one prayer of faith that you pray before you ask for something else. Don't wait till you find one thing that you're seeking before you seek for other things. Don't wait till the one thing you're knocking knocking on the door about to be opened before you knock on other doors to get your answers there either. He's talking about a prayer life. And that has to be the case. Because notice, let's start reading again in verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, just carnal, natural human beings, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You know as well as I do that you don't get the Holy Ghost by begging for him. You know as well as I do that you don't ask and keep on asking and keep on asking and hope one of these days that God will give the Holy Spirit to somebody. You or whoever it is that's praying. That's not the way that it works. You ask in faith and then act on what the Bible says that we do when we receive and that action of faith causes it to be realized in our lives. So verses 9 and 10 is talking about a prayer life. It's talking about a prayer life. Now when I got this, uh, this thing that happened in my hip and I, I told that story in, in a pastor setting not all of them were word of faith guys and uh, and somebody says well that was just a coincidence and I said yeah it was and it, the thing that's so coincidental about it is that it happened He's, he went on to say that was probably just a pinched nerve and would have worked itself out in, in a short period of time anyway and I said well you might be right but what's so coincidental about it to me is that it happened at the very moment that I did what the Bible said to do And it worked just the way the Bible said that it would work. Isn't that a coincidence? And he got mad and shut up and that was the end of that. Well, I don't know what it was. I don't care what it was. What I know is I got an answer. And I got an answer because I used the Word of God. I brought the Word of God back to our Heavenly Father in obedience to bring it to His remembrance in obedience to what He said to do. And I got the results He said the Word would bring. And I got them instantaneously. And ever since then, man, I mean, the devil's been coming as he always does and says, well, you don't feel any better today. It's not any better today. Must be something wrong with your faith. And now I've got something to answer him with. If there's something wrong with my faith, I wouldn't have got my miracle. And that's why Jesus is saying to have a prayer life, a consistent and constant prayer life. You need to be believing for a lot of things at once. So that when the answer to one thing comes, it can be an encouragement to you that your faith is working. Because if your faith doesn't work in one area, it won't work in any area. For example, if my faith was hindered from healing, to bring, from bringing healing to me because I'm in unforgiveness in some way or another, then it's not going to work in finances. Because I'd be in the same unforgiveness. Unforgiveness isn't relative to healing or finances or any other thing. It's a part of who you are. So if my step outside or operation in my life outside of love keeps my faith from working in one area, it'll keep it from working in every area. So if your faith is working anywhere, that means your faith has to be working everywhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For that reason, we need to take even the smallest victories that we have and magnify the goodness of God. We need to take even the the most details, minor details of life that we have God operating for us. Whether it's that the Holy Ghost is speaking to us, He gives us direction in something that might be totally unrelated, whatever it is, if God can speak to you in one area, He'd be speaking to you in every area if you needed it. 
Brother Hagin used to say something that I'll, I'll never forget. And it, and it made a lot of sense to me when I first heard it. He said, I go as much by what God doesn't say as what he does say. Meaning this, if there's something I need to change in my life to get my answer and the Holy Ghost didn't tell me, then it means there's nothing I need to change. Well, how do you know if the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you something you're just not hearing? Well, one great way is to see where you're hearing him in other areas. See, if I'm hearing the Holy Ghost tell me about finances, then I know that I can hear from him in every other area too. If I hear the Holy Ghost tell me something about healing, then I know I can hear from him in finances. If I hear from the Holy Ghost in in areas relating to relationships, then that means I can hear from him in other areas as well. We need to build a life, a life of experiences with the Holy Ghost, a life of experiences with answered prayer, a life of experiences with the power of God. I don't care how small the issue is. We need to remind ourselves, wait a minute, God's working in this area. He wouldn't be working over here if there was something wrong in my life or with me or whatever the case is, like the devil's telling me over here. Are you with me? I can't tell you how much encouragement that's brought me. That you may think, and, and I don't know what it was. I don't care what it was. It doesn't matter to me. What I know is I was in pain and I got instant results. And I needed them. I had to have instant results because uh, unless somebody had taken me to the doctor and gotten a crutch to hobble around with for who knows how long, I wouldn't have even been able to function. But thank God I got an instant answer, which means my faith had to be working. Because remember over in James... He said, let not that man, talking about the man that wavers, the man that's double-minded, the man that's not in faith, let not that man think that he'll receive anything of the Lord. Well, I just received something from the Lord. So that proves that I'm not double-minded. That proves that I'm not wavering. That proves that my faith is working. Same thing's true for you. If your faith is working in one area, it means your faith will work in every area. Because faith is the same. Faith is trusting in God. Faith is hearing the word of God and speaking it with your mouth from your heart. That's all faith is. It's trusting in God's word. It's trusting that his word is true. Faith doesn't know the difference in finances and healing. It works the same. Faith doesn't know the difference in peace and healing. Faith doesn't know the difference. Faith works the same in every area because faith is a means A method, if you will. I hate to use that term, but everybody can relate to that. It's a method whereby we receive from God. It's a general way to receive from God. It doesn't know the difference between one area and another. Because faith is based on his word. Faith is based on his word. How many of us counted all joy? Man, that's that's not an easy thing to do. It's a hard thing to do a lot of time. It's not joyful to go through financial trouble, is it? You ever been in financial trouble where you had to decide between feeding your kids and paying the bills? That's tough. You ever had to call the people that you owe money to and tell them you don't have the money that you thought you were going to have and you don't know when when it's coming? That's tough to do. Those are things that you have to do sometimes when you believe in God and the answer hasn't realized itself or hasn't been realized in your life yet. What about healing? It's tough to stand in faith for healing longer than you think it should take. It's tough to withstand the attacks of the enemy, the thoughts of the enemy. They come day after day after day. And folks, there's one thing about the devil. He is relentless. You talk about faithful in his job, that's it. He is faithful in his job. That gets tiring. That's what wears some people down. 
And that's why the devil keeps after it because he knows that that's where people wear out. If this thing lasts longer than they expect it to and then keeps going longer and longer and longer, he knows he can get some people to give up. But what are we supposed to do? Well, in those times where it's not joyful, we're supposed to count it all joy. We're supposed to count it all joy. Now, the, the key is to know this. Turn back with me to James chapter 1. We'll finish with this. The key is what you know. See, people that, that count it joy when they're in diverse temptations or in the midst of tests and trials and trouble. That's what temptations means here. It means trouble or adversity. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or adversity. Knowing this, that's the key. The only people that will count it joy are the ones that know this. Well, what is the this that we're supposed to know? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But if you let patience have her perfect work or complete work, if you let patience work to the end, in other words, then you shall be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. One translation says that it's a modern translation. It's really a paraphrase. But one translation says it this way, that victory may be fully restored. But let patience have her perfect work, that victory may be fully restored. I like that. And that same translation says of verse 3, uh, well, back to verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Here's the other translation. Knowing this, that the interruption of faith's victory works patience. That the interruption of faith's victory, and that's all your trouble is. It's an interruption of faith's victory. But it works patience. But let patience have a perfect work that victory may be fully restored. That's what complete means, isn't it? That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That means you won't have any wants or needs or lacks in the area of healing or in the area of finances or whatever it is you're believing God for. That's full restoration, isn't it? Perfect and entire. Wanting or lacking nothing means fully restored. Full restoration. Full restoration. I don't know how you attack things, but boy, especially the things that have lasted a long time with me, I, I bear down. I realize I've got an adversary and I want this thing. I don't just want it to go away. I want it to go away in such a way that there's no trace that it ever happened. That's what I want. I'm not going to be satisfied otherwise. And that's been my confession from the beginning. Devil, I know what you're doing. You're trying to embarrass me in front of people. It's not, for me, and I mean this in a general sense, not a specific sense, because specifically it is a matter of healing. But generally, I don't have a, an issue where healing is necessary for me to do my job. It's an embarrassment. It's a vanity issue for me. I hate to know that you see me shake. It, it just, I don't know. that. There, well, the devil knows me. He knows how to attack me. And boy, he's come on strong with something that matters. Well, what am I going to do? I don't want to just win. I don't want to just I don't want this thing just to get better. I want it to be so defeated by the works of Jesus and the manifested life of God in my body so that it's a it seems like this thing happened to somebody else and not to me. I want every aspect of this thing to be fully restored. I don't want there to be one trace that it ever even occurred. I want it to be such that people that come to church after it's gone hear the story of when it happened, they said, really, Pastor Mike? That's what I'm looking for. And I'm not going to be satisfied until it's done. Now, I've got the word on it. The Bible says, he that believeth in the Lord shall not be ashamed. 
That's what this thing is for me. It's a shame. It brings shame against me, and that's what the devil tries to tell me. And the, 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 I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works this way, but the, the more strongly I try to resist it, the worse it gets. Weddings and things like that where you're trying to be dignified and stand still and stuff like that. Man, it's almost like I have to take my arms and legs down. But it won't always be that way. What a privilege it is to experience the healing power of God. What a privilege it is to count this thing joy. I have to count it joy because it doesn't feel joyful. But I know something. I know that the trying of my faith will work patience. If I let patience have her perfect work, it'll be as if this thing had never happened. That's what I believe the Bible is trying to teach us. And it, guard, it, it warns us to guard against being double-minded. In other words, take a strong position, a stand, steadfast position, and don't be moved from it. Don't think like I'm talking about on Monday, and then by Wednesday afternoon think otherwise. Stay steady. Make it a lifestyle. I don't know how long it's going to take. I believe I'm closing in on it. I don't believe it'll be much longer. But what if I'm wrong? I'm going to believe God forever. And there will come a time. There will come a time where it won't be just a matter of receiving, believing you receive it by faith, but it'll be yours in reality. And folks, faith works the same for every person in every area of life. Faith and patience inherits the promise. God's word is true. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how difficult it is between now and then. Faith in God's word always works because God's word can't fail. So build a prayer life. Don't wait for one answer to come before you start seeking after other things. Let the experience that we have with the Lord and the presence of God and the power of God within us create a testimony, a running testimony for us to encourage you. My faith works over here. It'll work over there. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you, Father, that you care about us so much that you get involved in either the minor details of our lives. Help us to recognize, Father, that, the, that your presence with us and your power at work in the smaller details of life are meant to be an encouragement for us, a sign, a signal, proof that you're at work in even the things that we can't see. Father, thank you for the privilege. What a joy it is. What a privilege it is to count these things joy, things that don't feel joyful, but to know that your word is true and that when we stand upon your word and let patience have a perfect work, that we will be as if it had never happened at all. It'll be a story that we tell that'll seem like it was somebody else and not us. Because you will restore us to faith's victory. Thank you, Father, for the many wonderful ways you're working in our lives that we don't even yet see. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy to us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time we show up.